Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 168. Royal Caribbean has built a reputation in the cruise industry for offering new game-changing innovations over the years, from adding a rock climbing wall to offering balcony rooms that do not face the ocean to robots that serve drinks. Royal Caribbean has been at the forefront of altering the concept of what's possible on a cruise ship. This week, we learned Royal Caribbean is doing it all again with the Project Icon-class ships, which have been announced as the next class of cruise ships that will revolutionize the way cruise ships are powered. Let's discuss in this episode what we know about these new ships, share the details of what to expect, and consider what the future may hold when these brand new ships finally arrive. Here we go. Royal Caribbean has a history of pushing the envelope and being an innovator in the cruise industry. There are plenty of great examples, like Sovereign of the Seas becoming the first mega ship in the cruise industry, to redefining how big a cruise ship could be with the Oasis class, and even offering true high-speed internet with Voom. And just last week, Royal Caribbean did it again with the announcement of its Project Icon cruise ships. This new class of ships promises a lot, including a revolutionary approach to how ships can be powered. And so this week... I wanted to look at this big announcement and discuss what this means for Royal Caribbean fans and the cruise industry as a whole. And to talk about big news, I'm turning to a man who gets just as excited about new ships and, let's be honest, anything that everything that comes out of Royal Caribbean these days. It's Michael Poole. Michael, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Matt. I'm so excited to talk about this new class of ship that's coming out. It's really going to be exciting. Absolutely. Now, of course, I will link in our show notes to the news article at royalcaribbeanblog.com with the all the details about, well, I say all, there's very few, but all the details about this new project icon. And let's start at the beginning, Michael, because when, I don't know about you, when I heard the news, I was really surprised on a number of levels, first and foremost, just on a basic level, that they're announcing a new class of ships already. Yeah, it's, it really seems like yesterday they were announcing the quantum class. And honestly, if you think about it, it was like, the Oasis class, and you know, this is it seems so far out, but really, it's not. What is it, 22, 2022 and 2024 is when they're expected to be delivery, so it's really not that far out. You're right, it's hard, I think, you know, on a basic day to day level, like wow, 2022, that's really far away, but you're right, Royal Caribbean has to plan that far in advance, they already have. Four other ships on order, Oasis 4, Oasis 5, Quantum 4, and Quantum 5. So, obviously, they're already thinking that far out. And it's probably assumed, and now we definitely, I think it's almost certain, that the, the that'll be the all the Oasis and Quantum class ships they'll be building. So, I'm guessing somebody's job was like, hey, what are we going to do after this, boss? And they're like, we should probably figure that out. <laughs> um <laughs> So looking at this at this announcement, there's as, as I alluded to earlier, Michael, there's not a whole lot of detail. In fact, there's not even a photo or a concept art. I mean, we, knew, we know very little. We know that there are two ships that are theoretically going to be built. They're coming out in 2022-2024. They'll hold approximately 5,000 passengers, but that's still being worked out, according to Royal Caribbean. And it'll be built in uh, Meyer Turku, which is in Finland. So that's a shipyard over there. And they, the really the only details that we know, in fact, the really interesting details on why this is so different is that the cruise ship will, these two ships will be based on, instead of running on diesel fuel, they will be running on a combination of liquefied natural gas and fuel cell technology. So I don't know where you want to begin, Michael, but probably the tech is, is probably the most obvious starting point, but this is a big change in, in just in that. It definitely is, and this is just one of those examples of Royal Caribbean just trying something 
different they always push the limits bring the wow factor and they're trying something that that no other cruise line has done the same thing that they did with the the internet and the voom they're pushing the limits and this is a really exciting thing um i think they're gonna save a few bucks and better for the environment i think it's really cool that they're trying this out absolutely i mean to me the reason why they're doing this right i mean they're all everyone's everyone wants to save the environment that's that's a noble human reaction i think but they're all they are also a business right they've demonstrated that time and time again they're in here to make money and a lot of the cruise markets they serve like europe alaska and they don't really serve california these days but maybe someday you know these are markets where they've been tightening uh the air emission laws quite a bit and royal Caribbean can't say you know what we're not gonna offer cruises anymore to those places we're just gonna offer cruises anywhere else i mean it's they've they've got to you know move with the times and this is just interesting because you know they're they really announced that they're going to go all for it. I mean, this is really a fundamental change in how they are powering these ships. And the other thing was I, I neglected to mention was that they're going to try out some of this technology on existing Oasis class ships and and some of the new Quantum class vessels. So it's almost like a, a iterative approach to this, where they're going to be trying out the larger fuel cell projects in the new Quantum class and begin t- even beginning testing as early as 2017. They say with an existing Oasis class ship, we don't know which one that'll be, of course. But you know, uh, you know, I, we, we, again, we still don't know all the details about this. I mean, will there still be a diesel backup? I gotta think so. You know, a lot of people brought up that liquid nitrogen is not exactly, or sorry, liquid natural gas is not exactly available everywhere. <laughs> Certainly not in the United States. And you know, I'm pretty sure there's not that many liquefied natural gas stations I saw in St. Croix either. So you know, there, there's a there's a bit of a a bit of a of an investment required here. Uh, where do you see this in, in terms of how they're going to be playing it with these with, with this new technology? Part of me thinks that they don't even know at this point, which is why they're they're testing it on some of the existing class ships. But I'm going to be honest if this if this truly works, I could see going forward that during all the dry docks they would convert existing vessels over this type of energy. I don't see any reason why they wouldn't. Uh, successful and it saves a few bucks and of course for the environment i think uh, in the long run in the next 10 years we could see this across the whole fleet absolutely and this is something they've been working on in terms of air emission that's been a big priority of theirs they've added a lot of scrubbers to some existing ships in the fleet and scrubbers are basically a device that sits on top of the smokestack and literally scrubs out and, and kind of filters out the some of the emissions it's almost like a muffler right for a car if you didn't have a muffler you would just have the straight exhaust coming out but instead you get a little bit of the stuff being taken out of the air and this is kind of along those lines here the other interesting thing michael and you brought this up before we started recording was how surprised should we be that it is a large ship it's five thousand passengers so in to put this in perspective that's larger than a quantum class ship but not as large as an oasis class ship just in terms of passengers we have no clue what size the ship will actually be in terms of gross tonnage or anything like that but are you surprised michael that it is a large ship I really am surprised uh, living in Tampa as an example where I am now. You know, we have a bridge that you have to go under and the largest class of ships that can fit under the bridge is a radiance class. And so I, I was really surprised to hear that Royal Caribbean is going – they're staying committed to these mega ships. And uh, I think they were kind of at a standpoint where people will adapt to their change. The ports will get larger and adapt to these larger ships. But I really thought it was interesting because I think a lot – 
of the loyal cruisers, at least that I spoke to, they were really looking forward to a new Radiance class ship. Um, I know I'm a huge fan of them, so it's it's a little bit of a surprise to me, Matt. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, and and I when they announced it, I wasn't that surprised based on the comments from Royal Caribbean CEO Michael Bailey on during the President's Cruise that recently occurred. Uh, for those who are unaware, Royal Caribbean held its first President's Cruise. Basically, it was a celebration of Crown and Anchor Society members. It occurred uh, just this past uh, couple weeks ago, back in September, on Allure of the Seas. And there was a session, there was a Q&A session with uh, Royal Caribbean's CEO, Michael Bailey, and, and some guests on board. And somebody asked something along those lines about, like, you know, will you build another small ship? I think actually the person who asked it asked if they would build a small ship, and th- their definition of small was Voyager class. But, you know, <laughs> nonetheless. Uh, and and Royal Caribbean's CEO, Michael Bailey, basically said that they're, they're basically – it's a scale of economy. They're a business. And they've gotten these ships down to a science now that a 4,000-plus passenger ship is going to make more money – Per per capita, per guest, per berth, a lot better than the other classes of ships that are out there, especially the smaller ones. And at the end of the day, they they got to make the money to to be able to you know return the investment that their shareholders have given them. And and I agree with that. Um, and I think as time comes out, we'll see more development on these class ships, and we'll get excited. And and who knows? Maybe we'll kind of forget about the smaller ships. But for me now, you know, I. I've always been a big fan of the smaller ships. Um, I I really enjoy yeah. them, the intimacy of them. But um, you know, I, I don't, know. I don't, we'll, go ahead. Yeah, I don't. I don't, I don't want to. And I hope I'm not sounding like, well, you don't need those smaller ships anymore. You know, they're like they're not black and white TVs of cruise ships. I totally agree with you, Michael. I love. I've been on Radiance of the Sea, or sorry, uh, Jewel of the Seas and Brilliance of the Seas, both Radiance class ships. And I think there is absolutely a place for them. You know, there's there's the logical sense of it, but there's also I. Royal Caribbean has listened to its and continues to listen to its its customers, right? And this really, you know, maybe this is a, a point where we can talk about this, you know, about this bigger versus smaller ship kind of debate, and you know whether or not they should build another one because you know we've we've seen that the ports are willing to adapt, right? Remember when when the Wasteland class came out, there were like no, literally no ports could have supported, it. and now it's more and more ports are supporting. It. In fact, it's it's less of an issue and barely an issue anymore uh, for for what they're looking to serve. But I mean, do you think so? Do you think that they should build a ship? Uh, as as a fan, I guess I get, I have to ask that that they should build a you know a, a, and when I say smaller ship, I'm saying I'll include Voyager class three thousand or less passengers. Okay, I, I would like I would I really would would like to see them build um, a smaller ship. I know Celebrity was going a little smaller on a new class of ships um, to you know meet their clientele needs, but. You know, maybe in the long run, we'll we'll see them do that. I have seen, you know, we're kind of seeing it now where two class of ships overlay each other. So there's still, you know, not to say that there, you know, there could still be something else in the pipeline that we don't know um, that, that could overlap these two new ships that are coming out. So you never know what Royal's going to do, but I certainly would like to see a smaller ship class come out to kind of replace that radiance class so they can continue to go to these smaller places in Alaska and places like Tampa and smaller ports. Yeah. I was looking uh, as, as you were talking, Mike, I was looking at, well, is this just Royal Caribbean or is this everybody? And I was looking at what cruise ships are on order and celebrity, which is a Royal Caribbean sister company had placed an order. I'm trying to get the name of the, of the class. They have two ships on order that are unnamed right now. And there, it's under the Project Edge, 
and they're both each ship is going to carry about twenty nine hundred passengers. So that I think for most people would they would take that as a small ship. Certainly, that's a lot smaller than even uh, most of the classes out there. It's smaller than a Voyager class, slightly larger than Radiance class. But would that would that would a twenty nine hundred passenger ship do it for you, Michael, or does it need to be smaller than that? No, I think that is about as small as we'll ever see as far as cruise ships go. Um, you know, I would think a lot of people I hear them talking about a Voyager class ship and they refer to it as small. And of course me, I'm just like, Oh my gosh, you know, <laughs> sailing on Empress and majesty. But I think that might be the sweet spot when you consider the, sh- the small ships, a 2,900 passenger. I think that's as small as we'll ever see as far as passenger cruise liners go. Yeah, I'm just curious if Royal Caribbean is going to go that route or not. I mean, there must be – obviously, if they're building – if and remember, Celebrity is owned by Royal Caribbean. There's Royal Caribbean uh, Cruises Limited, which owns Royal Caribbean International, Celebrity, Azamara, and has stakes in some other cruise lines. But if you know the the Royal Caribbean with a capital R can, can, can make money, theoretically, on this Project Edge ships, one would think that it's possible to make money on, on, a, on a Royal Caribbean International ship. Wouldn't, wouldn't you think? I mean, there's not – that much of a difference between the two lines, especially when now when they're building these ships and they look so similar to each other. And if you look at the pricing between the two lines, I mean, sometimes celebrities a hair more, but honestly, they're very similar in pricing. You know, celebrity charges a little more, but they just include the drink package. So in the end, it's about the same total overall cost as a Royal Caribbean cruise. Yeah, it's. It'll be very interesting. Uh, I, and again, they they did say, by the way, that Royal, Royal Caribbean said that uh, the five thousand passenger number is subject to change. Although I don't think they're going to drop that. I mean, you know, maybe five plus or minus five hundred, I would imagine, but not. You know, we're not talking about a sizable difference of where it's going to drop to this. But I guess what I'm trying to say with all this is that there is a glimmer of hope that perhaps Royal Caribbean would build a new small ship in the future, based on what they're doing with Celebrity. But it's certainly not happening with this project icon. Uh, how about speaking of Project Icon, Michael? Uh, what do you think about the name? The, the of course the name is the, is a project name. This is some similar. If you remember, the Quantum class was originally called Project Sunshine, and mm, it was yeah. called Quantum class. What do you think of the Project Icon? For what it's worth, is it get your seal of approval? Well, I'll be honest, Matt. When I first heard it, I was like, "What? What?" <laughs> but with all things, it is growing on me. I'm starting to like it. Um, I think the same with Sunshine and Project uh, – what was Oasis class? Genesis. Uh, Genesis. It, you know, at first when you first hear it, you're like, what What are they talking about? But I think as time, you know, kind of plays itself out, we'll understand what Icon, you know, truly means in the background. But it's, it's growing on me, Matt. What about you? What did you think about it when you first heard it? I liked it. I remember Project Sunshine. I was like, oh, boy. Like, you know, where did, that one is like, wow, that's like a little too – that's a little too happy for me. I need something a little more, you know. I don't know. It was just – didn't really jive with me. And, of course, it wasn't the name anyway. But the icon I kind of like. I think it's – you know, because to me when I heard icon, I'm thinking like, okay, iconic. Like it's it's a it's something to – you know, an icon is something you look towards as a symbol of whatever, something good generally. And and I think that that kind of evokes that, especially with this idea of the of the of the technology behind it. That to me really strikes a chord. So I don't I like it. I kind of it's interesting because Royal Caribbean referred to it as Project Icon and also Icon Class. Now in, in the press release, I suspect it's going to get a more substantive name. Although it is worth noting, sometimes the project name does hold up. I believe the Radiance Class was one of them where it, it held out. But the Voyager, everything's recently, Voyager Freedom, 
Oasis and Quantum Vol had project names and then switched over to a uh, class name. So I suspect we'll have a change in there. But again, neither Michael or I know, know anything. We're just kind of guessing here. Any other um, any other observations or, or thoughts about this? What kind of you know any any reactions to to uh, this idea? Do you think that the the timing of this press release seems strange or off to you um, with, you know, their new ship harmony coming over. Um, I just, I'll be honest, Matt, I wasn't expecting anything sort of this announcement right now. Like it, it, it kind of threw me off. I remember you letting me know they're like a news class ship. I was like, what? I'll re-, you know, it yeah. just seemed like the timing. I don't know. I, I feel like they, I'm surprised they didn't wait until next year, like early next year to, to release it. But uh, I, I imagine they have to get it out. You know, it's a press release. It's got to be out when they decide. But just the timing seemed a little little strange to me. But nevertheless, I, I'm definitely excited. Anytime a new Royal Caribbean ship comes out, I am excited. And we will be nerd geeks the whole way through. <laughs> I, th- I think you bring up a great point that about the timing. Why now? The only thing I can think of, Michael, quite honestly – is that they entered into an agreement to to build it, and they can't exactly hide that in, in your sheet, you know, because you know when you go to put your your financial disclosures and quarterly reports, and it's like, oh yeah, what's this couple billion dollars with a B, you know, missing over here? It's like you can't really hide that, you know, as as much as they might like to in terms of because one of the things that Rokerbean does is they'll make this announcement, but keep in mind, folks, you we're not going to hear anything about this class of ships for literally years because Rokerbean does not want to. It's not that they don't want to give it attention. They don't want people focusing on, on a product coming out many years down the line. They want people buying stuff now. Because the last thing they want is somebody saying, oh, you know what? I'm not going to go on that Harmony of the Seas. I'm saving my money. I'm going to go check out this Project Icon or this Quantum 5 or this you know Oasis uh, 5 as well. They want people spending money now and then later. So oftentimes we they'll make something like this, an announcement like this. Look at Oasis 4. This is a great example of this. And then they the literally will be nothing about it until they're ready to start uh, giving it the proper attention. And it's as much about marketing as it is about anything else. So, uh, you know, it's, it's I agree with you. I think my only take, Michael, honestly, to answer your original question is why now? I think because they have to legally do it because they, they spent a couple billion dollars or they're about to spend a couple billion dollars. Right. So they've got to. But, yeah, I don't I, – I, that's why I was so surprised, you know. If this were – you know, two years down the road from now, I've been like, yeah, that makes sense. They've only got two more ships coming up. That would have been an obvious question people would have been asking. Uh, but it's it's kind of a it, it is oh, oh, it's interesting. But then again, we know so few details that clearly this is like I guess this is the equivalent of a napkin uh, drawing, right? You know, like when you're, you're in a meeting and someone sketches something on napkins, like yeah, this is kind of what I'm thinking about. That's essentially what happened. Is they, they I mean, they I'm, I'm giving them. I'm hopefully there's a lot more info behind the scenes, but. It's it's very interesting. That's all. Just from a pure cruise enthusiast perspective, looking at this and you know where looking down that line, you know you have to look as a business. You have to look that far out. But for us, I think it's really intriguing that we're talking about six to eight years from now, and and what the future already holds. And somebody somewhere is sitting in an office figuring these things out right now. Yeah, and and to be honest, if you think about it. There's probably a lot about it that they don't even know themselves, you know, as far as yeah. detail and what they want to do. Because the cruise industry, if you think about where we are now versus eight years ago, I think it's all very different. You know, when you look at Harmony of the Seas, just look at that compared to what Oasis was in 2009. 
there's so many changes. So I think a lot of the details they haven't even figured out and they won't until they get much closer. Absolutely. That's a great point. I know that a lot of details on these ships aren't they're, they're, they They barely ever get written in stone until literally the last minute. They, a lot of times you're going to find, I remember on the, with the quantum class ships, quantum and Anthem, I mean, they were still doing changes to the ship literally weeks before it was supposed to debut in terms of, especially interior design. Cause that stuff is like, you know, what's, what's in now is not going to be in certainly years from now, let alone months from now. And Royal Caribbean wants to make sure that they are very contemporary with their approach to it. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're, they're uh, going to be, you know, working on this actively uh, and there's there is no it's not like they're ever going to have a blueprint that is set in stone for every aspect of the of the ship. They're going to have a, you know look up some basic designs, and then it's very much a an organic process going forward. And it's kind of interesting if you ever have get a chance to look at some of these things and you know understand. You can see this also with a lot of times you'll see something announced and then oops no we're getting rid of that. We're not going to do it that way. We're going to do it a different way. And because things change and Royal Caribbean to their credit, I think is a really good thing about them is that they're not afraid of cutting bait and trying something different. You know, they're not about the, well, we announced it. So that's it. It's written in stone and that's the way it's going to be. Cause we said, so no, they're saying, you know, they're, they're they, re- they recognize that things change and opinions change and new ideas come out and they want to make sure they're getting the best possible product out there. And, you know, I think we're going to see if you could, if we could write down predictions for this ship now, boy, I mean, eh, so much is going to change between now and I forget 2022 how about 2020 you know 2018 there's yep there's boy. still a lot a lot in the pipeline and if I got to pick one thing Matt that I want to see on a Royal Caribbean ship and this is uh, yes, just this is just thinking way out there um, but I would love to see a lazy river I don't know something about that just sounds relaxing on a sea day floating around in a lazy river so who knows I love that I love that idea. I would love to see I, – I think I mentioned this in, in Periscope the other day. By the way, we all hang out – Michael is – well, we hang out in Periscope but daily over at uh, periscope.tv slash the RCL blog. I got a link to the Periscope stuff in our show notes. You can go check it out and invite you to join us for it. It's a lot of fun. We get to – we do this. What Michael and I are doing right now, we do this every day, talking real cribbing. It's it, – nothing makes us sound cooler than that, so come join <laughs> us for it. But the thing I was going to say was uh, I would love to see a infinity pool on the aft of the ship. That is um seems like that's a new trend on some of the other cruise lines across the industry. Um, I can think of two off the top of my head, but you know that's something that we might possibly see because anytime like another cruise line does something just as the virtual balconies and cabins, you know you'll see it kind of around the fleet and other um, cruise lines. So I would be surprised to see something like that, Matt, to be honest with you. While we're making really poorly planned predictions, uh, let me ask you a couple quick questions here as we round things out. So I'm going to give you some features that are on current Roller Caribbean ships. You tell me if you think we're going to we're going to put our not our money because we're not we're not stupid enough to bet on this, but but uh, we're going to put our mouths where our opinions are and state it so that way in a couple of years from now, God willing, the podcast will still be around and somebody will be able to call us out on us being wrong. Are you ready? Okay. All right. Royal Promenade, Royal Esplanade, or neither. Royal Esplanade. Wow. I think I think that's I was going to say Royal Promenade. I know I was going to say Royal Promenade, but now I'm thinking you're because the Quantum was the latest one, and they tend to go and I'm going to go Promenade just to say that one of us will have a good chance of being right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> enclosed solarium or unenclosed solarium, and when I say enclosed, I will use the Oasis class as the definition. 
even though it's slightly open. But I'm not like as opposed to like you know um, the Voyager class, right, which is completely open. That's a tough one. If if the ship was a smaller capacity, I would say closed. But since it's five thousand range, I'm going to say it's going to be more of an open style like Oasis class. I will disagree with you. I think it's going to be like the Quantum class. I think it's being closed. I think they're. I think they're going to. I think they got Europe in mind with this. Okay, one, but we'll go with that. How about how about uh, two seventy? Hmm, that's a tough one. Having never seen it in person, but I think oh, I think I'm we will see. I know. I think we will I'm see. I'm dying over here. Sorry. <laughs> I think we'll see more. It may not be called 270, but we will see more venues like that where they're bringing technology in and using the venues to the fullest, whether it be day or night. So I'm going to say yes. We're going to see something like that. All right. Very good. I like that. Well, some good, easy predictions there that one of us will be right about it. I think it will be on there as well. I think it'll, uh, I think, I think they liked what they did with that. They like multi-purpose. It makes sense. So I, I mean, I'm sure there'll be, boy, I can't wait to listen to this episode years from now. But, oh, man, we had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> hey, at least we agreed on one of them, right? There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> Michael, thank you so much for joining us here. Hey, it was a blast, and as as time elapses, there will be more blog posts about this ships and more podcasts, so just make sure you tune along. It's been my hope when I first started recording these podcast episodes that we would be able to help lots of folks plan a better Royal Caribbean cruise vacation, and the listener email part of the show where I take your emails and read them out here on the air is a big part of that because we get to talk about it everything Royal Caribbean related from pre-cruise, planning, during the cruise, even after the cruise, and everything in between. There's lots to cover, and I love this part of the show. And of course, you can send me your emails if you've got a question, a thought, something. Maybe you read something on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com and you want to discuss it. This is your forum. You can send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And our first email is from Brandon Mowry of Miami, Florida. And Brandon actually recorded himself reading his question, which is awesome because that gives everybody a break from hearing my voice. So, Brandon, take it away. Hi, Matt. I'm Brandon from Miami, and my wife and I are going to be going on our first ever cruise on Independence of the Seas in February. My wife and I are both vegetarians, and I'm wondering what our best options are going to be for dining on board. Thanks so much for your help. Love the podcast. Brandon, thank you for the, well, it's an email, but you recorded it, so thank you for the voicemail, and I, this is a great question, because I've actually had the chance to cruise with a number of vegetarians, in fact, the last two Royal Caribbean cruises, well, two out of three Royal Caribbean cruises, I've sailed with, with uh, friends of mine who are vegetarians, big shout out to, to Billy and Larissa, and they have certainly enlightened me to the vegetarian options that are out there on Royal Caribbean. The good news is there's a lot of options for vegetarians, far more so than for vegetarians than there are for perhaps vegans. I think that goes without saying, quite honestly. But there are a lot of great options. So, first of all, you're going to find in the Windjamer plenty of options, I think. They certainly reported a lot as well. Enough options to give you to get you going. The uh, lunch and dinner obviously have more, but that's, this is true for all meals. You're going to have a wider selection. One of the things I think Royal Caribbean does really well is offering a lot of the international foods. And, and a lot of those international foods are oftentimes 
quite uh, vegetarian friendly. A great example is Indian food. Indian almost inherently is vegetarian. There are obviously some meat options to it as well. But inevitably when I've seen, I'd say 9 out of 10 Indian dishes I've ever seen on Royal Caribbean are vegetarian friendly to begin with. So you're going to have a lot of options there. In terms of outside the Windjammer, you've got also a great uh, possibilities. My suggestion though, if you're in the main dining room, is you speak to the head waiter on night one and say, hey, you know, me and my wife are, are both vegetarian and we, you know, are looking to obviously have some other options besides what's on the menu. There will be some vegetarian options on the menu, Brandon, but do not limit yourself to that. Talk to the head waiter. Tell them what you'd like to have. As an example, we asked for an Indian dish to be delivered to our table every evening to augment everything else on the table. But if Indian is not your thing, maybe there's something else you'd like. Perhaps there's a special kind of pasta dish that would be of interest to you or a salad or whatever that that kind of, you know, is of interest to you, talk to them about it. They're, they're here to help. They want to make your cruise better. So don't assume what you see on the menu is only what you're limited to. Ask. And the head waiter is great for this. In addition to dinner, though, the head waiter can help you out with breakfast as well because, as you know, the main dining room is open for breakfast so they can arrange for things. I remember my father wanted on one of our cruises, he wanted to have a plate of sliced vegetables available in the main dining room. And we talked to the head waiter, and the next day it was there. So you got to ask. And I think even though there are going to be some options available for you as a vegetarian, Brandon, don't limit yourself. Ask for more because that way you can get you know, more, more options. And as you know, the, you know, variety is the spice of life and I love having more choices. So don't feel like you have to eat just, you know, pasta and bread the whole time. (laughs) There's lots more possibilities out there. They want to work with you, but my recommendation is talk to the head waiter, uh, especially on day one to get that all squared away. Brandon, thank you for the question. Good question to start us, start us off with. And let's keep things rolling with our next email. And it's from Carolee. Here we time out. I've been listening to your scopes and podcasts for the last few weeks and where you mentioned that the main reason you got the drink package was to break up the cost. I clearly don't drink enough and and or really shouldn't to warrant any drink package. That being said, I do basically prepay the cost by purchasing onboard credit. I have the Royal Caribbean Visa credit card and cash in the points for onboard credit. That way, I won't have the big bill at the end. I wondered if you ever thought of doing something like that. Carolee, I have actually. That was what I used to do uh, earlier. The reason why I went with the drink package, Carolee, and you have you bring up a fair point, and I don't think there's anything anything logically wrong with it, is that I always felt I was in that gray zone. Like when I'm paying cash, I will probably drink less because I know I'm paying out of pocket. So mentally, I said to myself, Matt, you don't really need that extra lava flower. Yeah, I'll wait another hour to get that next drink, right? And then that kind of plays into it. And certainly if you're going with that system that you mentioned, you know, essentially padding your onboard credit to account for your drink purchases, that's going to work as well. And certainly the other thing you could do, Carolee, is just hold on to that money. I mean, the visa points you got you to put on there. But let's say you're going to pad $300. I'm just making up numbers here. But you keep the $300 in your room and on the last day your cruise go and, you know, see how much you actually paid. If you only spent $250, well, then you only put $250 down, right? So you can do something like that. The thing is for me personally, uh, and, and I think the drink pack decision is a personal decision, right? And I felt I was always in that gray area. Like I was close to getting enough to drink to make it worthwhile. But I decided, you know, to, to go for it. And when you have the drink package, it breeds more drink package purchases. I have noted in my mind, and I know this for a fact for myself, that when people have the drink package, they drink more. It's it's like, well, if you got it, you're going to take advantage of it. Whether or not you drink, finish the drink or what have you, that's a different story. But, you know, you're going to end up drinking more. So... I guess what I'm trying to say is your strategy absolutely makes sense to me. And if you're someone who is maybe saying, oh, man, I only want to drink like somewhere, you know, more than no more than three, maybe four drinks a day. 
and the and the drink package doesn't make financial sense for you, then certainly doing exactly what Carol Lee is saying here is a great strategy. Again, bring some cash on board. Keep you can either put it ahead of time, like Carol Lee mentioned. You can go on day one, day two, you know, deposit some money to your account, and you know, it's it's a credit against all your charges. Or you wait till you know the end of the cruise and kind of see where you're at and make an uh, make a purchase. I think if you're on the fence about the drink package, one of the best things you can do actually is wait a day or two, get on board the ship. See how it's going, right? If you're finding yourself really too busy with things and the drink packages would be way much of a waste for you, well, then you're fine. Keep going with what you're doing. But if you find that, you know, after a day or two, you're like, wow, I'm really drinking more than I thought or I'd like to drink more than I would have thought I would have liked, you know, buy that drink package. Royal Caribbean will, will prorate the amount that's left over. So you're still saving money. It's not like you're paying for those extra days you didn't drink on it. So that might be, a, you know, another strategy as well. Thank you, Carolee, though, for sharing your thoughts on it because it is a really good idea, especially for folks that are, you know, maybe thinking about they want to be able to enjoy drinks but not go for the drink package. Certainly a good suggestion. I like it. Next, we have an email from Stephanie G who writes, I just listened to your updated drink package podcast. I purchased the drink package a couple months ago, and it was the premium package. With the recent updates, will my package change to the newest and only option? And if it does, will I be charged more? Thank you. Your podcasts are so much fun to listen to. Thank you for the email, Stephanie. Love that. I got good news for you. Your premium package is being upgraded for no additional cost. You're just going to be rolled into the old deluxe package. So when you get on board, Stephanie, you're just going to have the deluxe, the, the drink package available to you. And Royal Caribbean is going to eat the difference on that one. So you worked out to your favor in that regard. And that is an advantage of pre-purchasing because if they ever change anything, you're basically grandfathered in to these uh, different deals and whatnot. So you'll have no problem. You get on board and you can drink everything, even though you only paid for the premium. You're getting it all, baby. So there you go, Stephanie. Glad we could. I hope that made your day. If it did, then I'm glad we could. Next, we have an email from Lisa. Who writes, Hi, Matt. I was just listening and heard you talk about the Royal Genie. On our cruise, Carlos and Alexa Pena Vega were on our cruise on Allure of the Seas. They did back-to-backs in August. Anyhow, they have a popular vlog on YouTube that documented a lot of their cruise, and a lot of it was shot in the star class suite they had to experience with the Genie. And uh, Lisa posted a URL here to the YouTube channel, which is Carlos Pena's channel. I will post the link in our show notes at royalcommunblog.com for more information about it. And they were on board for August 14th to 28th. If you don't know who they are, Carlos is from Big Time Rush, Nickelodeon show, and band. He was in Grease Live. Alexa starred in all the Spy Kid movies. Anyway, I wouldn't have known any of this if my teenagers didn't point it out to me. They were a very nice couple and addicted to Royal Caribbean Cruises. My daughter even got to be in one of their vlogs. Anyhow... They're such a lot of fun to watch. Just thought you might be interested in the star class aspect of their experience on board Allure. Cool. Actually, you know what's funny, Lisa? I didn't know who they were either, but my wife watches Dancing with the Stars, and I evidently Carlos was really big on one of the seasons recently. So, yeah, that's when she asked, why can't you be on that cruise? Why can't we go on that one with him? I'm like, well, I'm getting you on other cruises. Yeah, but not with him. <laughs> uh, the reality stars of today. Awesome. Well, Lisa, thank you for the email. And uh, you know what? Even if you have known nothing about these guys, like Lisa's saying, I think you're right. You can just get a nice little Royal Caribbean fix and watch some YouTube videos all about Royal Caribbean cruises. That's what it's all about, right? It's just getting a little opportunity to talk a little more Royal Caribbean. Next, we have an email from... Who's our next email from? Oh, it's from Matt Banville Mban on Periscope. Thanks for the great blog, podcast, and all the Periscopes. I found your website last fall while planning our cruise on Anthem of the Seas and have been hooked ever since. As a professed cruise nerd, it was great to find like-minded people. After much deliberation with my wife, there may have been some begging. We have signed up for the Navigator of the Seas Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise and can't wait for February. 
Since I found the research and planning leading up to the cruise to be half the fun, I'm wondering if there's a place where we could find out more about the group cruise. For example, how do we find out about meetups and other group activities? Matt, great question. First of all, thank you for convincing your wife to join us on the Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise. We are organizing actually a number of group cruises that are coming up, the first of which is the Navigator of the Seas Group Cruise. It's Navigator of the Seas, February 2017. It sails out of Miami, Florida. It's a nine-night to Labadee and the ABC Islands of Aruba, Bonaire, and Curacao. Amazing itinerary on my favorite ship, and I am inviting every single one of you, including you, Michael Poole, to join me on this group cruise. Boy, I, I am so excited for it. We, we always have a great time on these group cruises, and this itinerary with this ship is going to be awesome. Really, really cool. So, Matt, you want to know, well, how do you get more information about it, right? Great question. A couple things you want to keep in mind. First of all, everything that I have in terms of events will be posted at realcreamblog.com slash events. I'll post a link in our show notes. So you've probably already seen it, Matt. It's the basic breakdown. But when we have the events, which I have to now work on, it's something that's going to be coming down probably in the next month or two, I hope, is to come up with the list of group cruise events. I'll be posting that on the blog. I'll also cross post that when it is available to our Facebook page. Now, Matt, if you're not already liking Royal Caribbean on blog on Facebook, well, make sure you do that because we have an event section on our Facebook page. And over there we have, first of all, people can RSVP to the event. So you can meet other folks that are going to be on the same sailing as you. And I'll be notifying you of any changes or updates over there. So that's pretty much uh, what you can expect. But certainly on the cruise, let me just give you a preview of what to expect. We usually try to have one to two events a day. I don't want to I don't want to take up everybody's day. I mean, you know, this is your cruise vacation too. But I try to plan an event or two a day so that way we can kind of come together, hang out, and try to mix it up as much as possible. Certainly, I try to make the, the group cruises in general as inclusive as possible as I can because I want as many people as possible to join us for it. I want to have fun. Everything's better with friends. And when you have more friends, you're going to have more fun. Simple as that. In fact, most of the events are open to anybody. Uh, there's a couple of events that will be uh, relegated to just folks that booked to into the Royal Caribbean blog group cruise group with our sponsor, a travel agency, MEI Travel. And basically, it, there's some special rewards for folks who, you know, if you support the group cruise by booking into the group, you're directly supporting the blog. And so I want to say thank you by offering those folks some special benefits. And if you're interested in, in booking into the group, or if you booked with Royal Caribbean directly and want to roll your reservation into the group, you can do so very easily. Uh, just uh, go to royalcaribbeanblog.com and go to our, any of those uh, the page like the group cruise page and fill out the form and let them know and they can definitely work with you on that because it's an easy way there's no extra cost to it in fact and it's an easy way to support the blog which is awesome uh, but I will be posting a number of events uh, you know we, we've done bar crawls in the past we have done uh, trivia events we have done uh, meetups at you know at different events on board the ship it's basically an excuse to hang out and do things together and I can't wait to come up with the events for this cruise because we got some really cool ideas. Like in Labadee, we always do a Labadoozy Appreciation Society meet where the members of the Labadoozy Appreciation Society, that's basically anybody, can show up. We all have Labadoozies together and regale of our tales on Labadee and what we're doing and what we're fun, having fun doing. So, you know, what more do you really need, right? It's just... It's a, it's, it's, it really is. I know I've said this like a thousand times already. It's fun, but it really is fun. It's fun to be free, to be on the move, and to hang out on group cruises together. Because, like you said, Matt, it's about finding like minded folks who know Royal Caribbean in and out, who love cruising and love to have a good time with other people. 
and that that in essence is the group cruise. So, uh, Matt, keep your eyes peeled for that one. Of course, I will mention it also on our Periscope feed, Matt. So that way, I know you're in there a lot. You can uh, get get a heads up on anything coming up about the group cruise because there's a lot coming up. In fact, now that we're getting closer and closer to that February 2017 cruise, I can't wait. Really, really excited. Next, we have an email. From Frederick Olson, who writes, Hi, Matt. Listen to your podcast this week, as always. And here's a link to some theme cruises on Royal Caribbean's website. Now, people, this is in reference to the question about how do you find out, you know, what group cruises or cruise themes there are. And Royal Caribbean does have a little list on their website. I will, of course, link to that in our show notes at royalcaribbeanblog.com. As an example, they have a Melissa Etheridge cruise, a Jamrock Reggae cruise, country cruising, Fantasy Cruise, get it? Fantasy, Fantasy. Anyway, uh, a Latin Cruise, a Flogging Molly's Cruise. That's a band, by the way, uh, and some other you know, football cruise. Uh, this is not the complete list; it's just a list of cruises. I suspect that the reason why these people get on this particular page on Royal Caribbean's website is because they sell enough rooms that they're large enough that it, you know, it gets them that kind of notoriety but it is a one way and you're absolutely right thank you uh frederick for sharing this with us because this is a great way to be able to now uh share with other people if you're looking to figure out am i on a cruise that has a huge amount of country music stars oh cool well or or that's a problem i want to change you have that kind of information available to you so thank you frederick good stuff there and our last question to us comes to us from Tracy, who writes, Greetings, Matt. The wife and I, because of you, are going to cancel a Disney Cruise Line cruise in September 2017 in favor of Royal Caribbean leaning towards Oasis of the Seas. I have heard some of your podcasts and live Facebook chats, but I have a question. You sing the praises of travel agents for booking. Do you use one in particular, or do you alternate? Love your media empire. Please give up the good work. <laughs> Great question, Tracy. First of all, thank you for listening, and I think you're doing the right thing, honestly. Uh, you know, Disney Cruise Line is a wonderful product, but I really don't understand their pricing at all. And leaning towards Oasis of the Seas, dude, you're picking an awesome one. Really, really good. So I think you're, I support your decision 100%. So in terms of using a travel agent, first and foremost, I will tell you, and that's all anybody, I always recommend for everybody to use a travel agent, whether you're new to Royal Caribbean, new to cruising, or you've been there, done that a thousand times, you only stand the benefit by using a travel agent. A good travel agent will cost you nothing extra to use their services, and they're just going to provide you additional uh, help and services. Like I said, you know, how about this situation? Let me give you the perfect example. The other day, there was a, there was a new promotion that came out, and I was able to get another, I, I think, like $25 or $50 on board credit because of the deal. You know what I did? Nothing. Literally nothing. I was probably working on the blog or playing with my kids or whatever I was doing. Because the the but in the background, my travel agent was taking care of it for me. She was the one sitting on on hold with Royal Caribbean. She was the one working all that magic on. I think it actually was a Saturday or a Friday. I'm not even sure. And I had a nice. I had a text message in my case because that's how I prefer to get notified. She's like, Yeah, here you go. You're all set. How easy is that? I love that. And that's why I always recommend using a good travel agent. Now, our sponsor travel agency is MEI Travel. They're available at meitravel.com. Tracy, I use them every single time uh, when I book a cruise, no matter which cruise, long, short, no matter what, I use them. I've used them for a number of years. Really like their services. So, uh, and they are a sponsor, full disclosure. I don't want to make it, you know, hide any details here. But that being said, I do use their services personally and I do enjoy them quite a bit. So, I hope that helps you out there, Tracy. Good email. And thank you to everybody for the wonderful questions this week. I love being able to talk Royal Caribbean, help folks out, and, of course, getting a little break from the real world and talk about the thing we absolutely love doing, which, of course, is taking a Royal Caribbean cruise. So if you have a question, a comment, or something else you want to share here, maybe a suggestion, a tip, 
Uh, I love them all. No, everything is welcome. Send me an email, Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. And I also want to uh, kindly request everybody, take a moment to give us a, a review in iTunes. Uh, if you're familiar with iTunes, that's the um, application that Apple provides, which uh, has a lot of podcasts uh, stored in there. It's kind of directory, essentially. And we're listed in there. And if you could take us some time just to leave a quick review, that would really help. You know, be honest in your review. I really appreciate it because... The more reviews we get, the uh, the, the better the, um, the rankings and more people find the podcast, and that leads to more awesome content and, and new friends that we get a chance to meet. So uh, if, you can, if you haven't done it already, and I know many of you have, which is awesome, I just wanted to take a break today and uh, kindly request uh, that folks take us some time and, and just do a quick review. It'll take like five minutes maximum. And you just do that through iTunes. Thank you in advance for all of them. And thank you to everybody for listening to the podcast. Love when we get to do this. Let's do this again this next week, all right? Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. And until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon.